0: Officially open. <laughs> this is draft season. John Schmelk, Tony Pauline with you, fresh off our flights from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. So if we're a little bit tired, we apologize. It was a long week in Indy. Tony was out there for a couple days longer than I was, but a lot of information gleaned, a lot of information that we want to get out to you, the fans, about the 2023 NFL draft. Tony, how are you, man?
1: Like you, a little bit tired. I mean, uh, it's kind of a long, a
0: little bit stressful time.
1: I was trying to uh, get more information uh, day after day, but uh, glad to be back. Now it's just a sprint till the end of April.
0: Yeah, a bit of a slog. uh, Early mornings with player interviews, late nights with talking to people at various establishments throughout Indianapolis. So certainly a lot going on. Uh, Before we get into the details, Tony, just... How'd the trip go for you? Any main takeaways that you might have walking out of Indy? Uh, you've done this, what is this, like your 48th Combine, something like that? Right. Actually, I've been every Combine since 2001. And this is, you're starting to see a change
1: in the Combine, which I, I'm not too fond of. You know, it, I, I think it's changing, not necessarily for the better. It's becoming more of a fan and media event than a pure scouting event. I mean, but otherwise, you know, my biggest takeaways are I was shocked that the receivers didn't run fast, did not run well. Uh, I was really impressed with the tight ends. And I think there were some very special defensive back seven players as we move towards the draft, which we'll get into.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I think the Times all kind of confirmed what we were what we've been saying about this class for months, right? Really good really good cornerback class, wide receiver class, eh? Maybe not so great. And I think a lot of those kind of tight end class, running back class, I know the running backs didn't all do a do a ton, uh, but I think it, it uh confirmed a lot of kind of what we thought about uh these groups heading in. So Uh, We'll go in order of which these guys did their measurements and their workouts and stuff like that. And it makes sense because the first group that went were the defensive linemen and linebackers who saw the defensive line. And Tony, the biggest news of the week was about one of the defensive linemen that didn't even do any of the workouts. And that was Jalen Carter because he had to leave in the Annapolis, go back to Georgia and come back because of a legal issue. I know you guys over at um, uh, the uh, Pro Football Network are all over this. Uh, tell everybody about what's going on with Jalen Carter and what the ramifications might be for him.
1: Well, we don't know what's going on is, you know, arrest warrants were uh, issued for Jalen Carter for two misdemeanors in, that had to do with that tragic uh, accident, which killed one of his teammates uh, where he was racing. And, and as far as, you know, what's going to happen? Well, the legal process has to be played out. And we still don't know what what what's going to happen with it. There's all kinds of speculation. I think for Jalen Carter, what has to happen is this has to end sooner rather than later, because as we saw just a couple of years ago with Lael Collins, if you remember that situation, Lael Collins wasn't even a suspect in a case that involved the murder of his ex-girlfriend. Police just wanted to talk with him. And that uh, that story came out a couple days before I uh, was at the 2015, 2016 draft. And Leal Collins went from a potential top 40 pick to being undrafted. So if this legal matter drags its feet and it's still unresolved by the time the draft comes, Jalen Carter's draft stock is going to tank, even if it is resolved. A lot of teams are going to want to question him because I think the big thing that has come out was Jalen Carter was changing his stories when he talked to authorities. So somebody said to me, he lied to police, which is kind of dumb. Somebody, why are you lying? Just tell them the truth. And that's something that teams are going to want to know about. You know, is he a trustworthy player? I, you can't make any assertion. You can't make any definitive statements as to what's going to happen because it's a legal issue now. Let's see what happens. And again, for Jalen Carter's sake, the legal issue has to be has to come to a conclusion sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, and I think that'll help them that this is happening early in the process, right, Tony? So teams will have two months to kind of chew on this a little bit, or month and a half, whatever it is now, and they can hopefully get more information. So it's not you know gas mask day before the draft or day of the draft. It's not you know Lail Collins week of the draft. I think teams will have a little bit of time to digest this. This to Really kind of settle themselves with it, decide they're comfortable with it or uncomfortable with it for that matter. Um, Look, we never know what's going to happen. I, just based on how I've seen these things work, I would still think unless a lot of new information comes out that we don't know about, he probably still go in the top 10. But how do you think this impacts now that trade market at the top of the draft with the Bears trying to move out of that first pick?
1: Well, I, I mean – Were there a lot of teams looking to move up to get Jalen Carter? I don't know that there were. But does it
0: impact how maybe how far the Bears want to go down to get out?
1: Uh, Yeah, I I guess it does. I've I've said all along with that trade market, I just don't know that there's going to be a big market for that pick. I don't know that any team is going to trade up for one of the quarterbacks and give away a slew of picks. I think if the Bears really want to trade down, they may have to accept less than market value to trade down a a few picks. I, I don't think that they're going to say, okay, listen, let's trade down. We will trade down to six now because now we have a chance of getting Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. You, They won't get Will Anderson, but getting Jalen Carter
0: at six. I think if you do that, that's that's dangerous. And we will get to the quarterbacks a little bit later. Uh, but let's start with the defensive lineman, Tony. We mentioned Jalen Carter already. We can go back and forth here, guys. That impressed us. I guess that's a good way to do this. Um, and I, I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit. At a time away, out of Barre, out of, of Northwestern, yeah. and you know, heading into this process, uh, you know, people that I've talked to, and I think you're on board. This was kind of like you know, early day three type of player based on his tape, right? But maybe late day two, yeah. blows up to Senior Bowl, played really well, doing yeah. football things. Then he shows up at the combine. At 280 pounds, runs a 4.49 40 yard dash, which is ridiculous. His 40, his 10 yard split was also very good. He looked great in the drills. He looks all rocked up, like he looks NFL ready. Measured with 34 inch arms, uh, not tall, but considering the arm length and the natural leverage, I don't even think that's a bad thing necessarily. Uh, so for me, you know, he's going to be a second round pick now. And I even wonder with with some of this testing if teams will consider him at the end of the first round.
1: It's fine at 37 and a half inch vertical jump, 10 inch foot, 10 foot, five inch uh, broad jump. And I got to speak with him. I, I was in a hotel, the Omni hotel, speaking with him on Wednesday a night. Really impressive kid. Uh, exactly. You know, and he is a, you know, I mean, he fills out that shirt. He is a broad shouldered dude. Yeah. He's very articulate, I walked through the hotel the next night. And he saw me. He said the hello to me. So obviously he's alert, or, or he just thinks I'm really weird looking, and uh, he couldn't help but did not know. Uh, Likely knows me, but um, but yeah, I, I mean, I agree with your last statement. That's something I said at the Senior Bowl with somebody. I said, you know, the end of the first round, a lot of crazy things happen. There are a lot of strange picks. So after a senior ball performance where he was dominating everybody, I thought, you know, I don't think it's going to happen, but I wouldn't put it out of the question that this guy ends up in the late picks, the final uh, selections of round one. I think that was amplified by his combine performance. I mean, smart, went to Northwestern, articulate, a real leader, doesn't have great size, uh, ball doesn't have a great growth potential, you can use him as, on the inside as a three technique uh, lineman. You can use him in a four man front. He's a good pass rusher. He's we we proved he's a good athlete. He told me when we spoke when I spoke him he says
0: I'm going to run under four five five and he was right on the money. No question about. it. All right, Tony, give me your number one, or another guy that you liked on the defensive line.
1: I thought Brian Brise did very well. I thought his testing marks were good. I thought he was fluid when he moved around the field. I I thought he did a lot of things very well. And and I think we're starting to see the resurgence, the reemergence of Brian Brise, who I think a lot of people off of that 2022 film said, eh, you know, but the fact is his sister died of cancer, his younger sister died of cancer. He was dealing with a kidney infection. I thought overall he did a, a real good job. I was also impressed with Gervin Dexter of Florida. Yeah,
0: he, he was tested, my next guy, man. Go ahead. Tested
1: very, uh, tested very well. I mean, looked very athletic. And, and I, you know, not just moving, not just smooth and quick and fast in a straight line. Moved well laterally. Also did a good job when they uh, when they dropped him off the line to simulate his own blitz. I thought he moved incredibly well. Uh, looked really athletic. He's a tall guy, so you can't miss him. He's very imposing on the field. I think he's got to play with a little bit better pad level, but I was very impressed the way uh Pickens, uh the way uh Dexter played.
0: Yeah, 100 percent I thought he looked great. Um, in terms of the bigger defensive tackles, um, frame wise, I thought he was he was probably one of the best. And obviously Elijah Cancy ran that 40 seven, forty-yard dash, didn't really do much else, uh, but he ran well, certainly. I know a lot of people like him in that same undersized defensive tackle conversation. And, and let me just um, say something about
1: play. let me say something about Clancy that was the 40 was uh, was of his own doing he wanted to run the 40. he's got a torn labrum and his team was telling him listen you know just wait till for he goes no I want to run the 40 oh, and wow. i this leading up I want to run the 40 uh because he wanted he wanted to show off and and basically he he rolled the dice and he won uh it's not going to lift before uh the draft because of the torn labrum he's still rehabbing from that but you know just a couple of months removed from labrum surgery and he goes out and he runs as fast as he does
0: all right can I go to defensive end and edges here Tony all right, Ed. All right. Uh, I guess let's start with Will Anderson, right? He's the presumptive first non-quarterback, we think. That's going to go off the board. And while none of his testing like made you fall out of your chair and go, wow, he ran a, four, he ran a 4-6-40, a 1-6-1, uh, 10-yard split. Both are very good numbers. Um, and you know, he weighed in at six three two fifty three. 253 He's he's, this is not like a small edge player. Now I don't, I don't know why he was kind of mixed in with those linebackers. He looks like a defensive end edge player to me. Right. Maybe he wanted to do the linebacker drills, which to a credit to him, good for him. He wants to do more. He went out there, he did everything. And I think, you know, his performance at the combine is not going to necessarily help his value a whole lot, because I think it kind of matched what people thought. And you know, all this is about expectations, right? It match right. what people thought he was going to do. And I think he did just fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's funny. We're talking about a guy, 253 pounds. He only ran a 4.6. <laughs> you know, that I know. <laughs> shows, that shows how, how times have changed. And yeah, I, I think at 6'3 and a half, it's probably going to be easier for him to go from 253 to 265 rather than go down. So I think just as he physically matures and gets a little bit older, he's going to get bigger. He's going to get stronger. And he plays strong to begin with. So it's going to make that transition to come out of a three-point stance a much easier for him. Or you can stand him up over tackle. Listen, I, I think with him, he didn't bomb. I think the only way Will Anderson was going to hurt himself is if he bombed. He went there and he ran a four-eight. The tape speaks for itself, and he shows enough athleticism uh, during combine workouts. All he only did the forty to say, yeah, you, you know, the athleticism, uh, the, the the testing matches what we see on film. So, like you said, I mean. Didn't help himself, although there's not too much room for him more room for right. to help himself. <laughs> he certainly didn't hurt himself. All
0: right.
1: Uh, why don't you uh, give us a guy, Tony, that you like? Well, I- I'm going to go with Nolan Smith. And I, I put this out on uh, uh, on Twitter. I-, I thought Nolan Smith working with the edge rushers, defensive defensive lineman, was sort of a disservice to Nolan Smith. And I know it's a guy that we both like before the season even began ran faster than more than half the receivers at four, three, nine had an incredible testing uh, day and he plays to those measure, those times. He plays to that explosion, uh, that explosiveness, and he's good, not only just up the field, but he's good backed off the line of scrimmage. He's outstanding in pursuit. You know, with, with Smith, you really got to go back and look at the 2021 film because he had that pictorial injury this year. They shut him down after eight games. And he was kind of piecemealed into the first eight games of the season. And again, Smith is sort of Will Anderson amplified in the sense that those testing marks match, if if not, are even better than what you see on film with him. Uh, Nolan Smith plays to that 40 time on the field. He shows that athleticism on the field. We'll talk about a couple other guys who tested off the charts at the combine, but really don't show that athleticism on the field. Nolan Smith did that.
0: Yeah, a little smaller guys, 6'3", just 238 Also jumped out of the building, a 41-inch vertical, a 10-8 broad. So you're right, Tony. And then he was a star at the podium. What a high-character kid. He's going to come off great in meetings. He checked all the boxes. If anybody was wondering where he's going to go, if he gets out of the top 20, I'd be very surprised.
1: Yeah, the top – yeah, I I guess there's got to be a need there, but I I think he absolutely has cemented himself as a, a bottom third of around one guy, two other guys who I thought did incredibly well uh byron young of tennessee who's a, an undersized edge rusher at tennessee now you see that athleticism he can play off the line of scrimmage i also thought lucas van ness he yeah. really did well not only testing but in drills because people talk about the 40 times in the vertical jumps but when you watch the drills he was very smooth he showed the ability to move laterally with speed and quickness as well as in a straight line and get depth on his pass drops uh, very excellent footwork excellent quickness in his all-around position drills
0: yeah, for a guy that size, he moves really well. You can see, and you just look at him in his frame, Tony. like the dude just looks already like an NFL player. I see teams are gonna meet him and see him in person. they're gonna they gonna I see why people are talking about him as like a top fifteen twenty pick. no question about it. um, Will McDonald did not run? But he did jump. He was very explosive, measured in around, I think, 239, which is where people thought he would be an 11-foot broad jump, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, Miles Murphy did not do anything. He said he had a bit of a hamstring, if I recall. So that's a guy that did not work. Uh, Keon White didn't run either, another guy that some people see as a first-round pick. And Tyree Wilson, who's dealing with a foot fracture, uh, he got measured, but he also... Uh, did not do anything in terms of some of the defensive linemen or edge players. So those are some of the names that people are going to be want to know about, but some of them did not do much. Um, others did. Anyone else you want to mention before we go on to linebackers? Uh, no, we basically covered them all. Yaya Diaby of uh Oh, of yeah, he had a great, yeah, he had a good day. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Tested 4.51 seconds at 236 pounds, 263 pounds, I'm sorry, 37-inch vert. Uh, and again, I, I mean, moved well on the field. Good change of direction. Was on balance, you know, even looked good when they dropped him off the line and used him in, in, in as a defensive back for those to simulate zone blitzes. I thought he did exceptionally well.
0: Yep, with the 100 putout, Yadiabi did do very well, I, and I thought Ramirez too. Uh, the kid out of the he we talked about him in our Shrine preview, if I recall, Tony, um, small school guy. I thought he looked really good in drills too.
1: Yeah. And he's an explosive guy. He's a very sudden guy. We talked about him with Eric, when we had Eric Galco on here and he basically lived up. He had tested very well uh, in some of the uh, tests uh, and that's with him, with Ramirez, you're getting a guy who will Anderson light, if you will, you know, can you stand up uh, over, can come out of a three point stance or can stand over tackle and you send him up the field as a pass rusher also does a solid job for you uh, defending the run. Day three guy. I don't know that he's going to be a starter, but a situational player that can produce at the next level.
0: All right, let's go to the back half of the defense. They worked out on Friday night. And just a reminder, folks, this is obviously draft season. It is a NFL draft podcast with, uh, you know, I'm wearing, I'm doing this in the Giants facility, but it's not a Giants podcast per se. Uh, we do all draft stuff here. Uh, but if you're a Giants fan, even if you're not, I I really suggest you go back and look at the Giants Huddle podcast that we did in our Big Blue Kickoff live show from the combine. We had over 25 guests over four days, uh, including people like Daniel Jeremiah, uh, Charles Davis. Um, other really good guys on the draft and free agency. If you want to go check that out, we do a lot of league wide stuff, not just Giants. So again, go check that out. Johnson, the podcast or big Blue kickoff live. All right, Tony cornerback and safety. And boy, these cornerbacks, I was flying that day. So I'm trying to, you know, walk through the airport. I'm looking at my phone and I just see four, three, five. 438, 436, 437. Like, what is going on here with these times for these cornerbacks? You know, we talked about, I think, in your last mock that we did, you had six cornerbacks in the first round. Well, you might get more than that at this point, and they might go really early. They tested out the charts here.
1: And the other thing is, this is some of these guys look equally, if not more, spectacular during position drills. And again, yeah. everyone will talk about the 40 times. And the vert and, and those are important because you have to know that a guy you know is is fast but some of the position drills I' mean Christian Gonzalez 438 uh I I think he jumped over 40 uh inches in the uh vert let me take a quick look here had uh 41 and a half inch vert 111 in the broad but his position drills I, I, he was seamless he was so natural quick moving backwards showed the ability to, to drive through the ball out of his plant liked his back pedal I mean it was the whole package with with uh, Christian Gonzales. The testing numbers were good. And if you're watching, you know, certain aspects or certain areas of, of the position drills, he checked off all the boxes there. I was very impressed with him. And I was not, I was not as high on Christian Gonzalez because I got to do a lot more film work on him. But I, I came away from that the combine saying, yeah, I could understand now why people are consider Christian Gonzalez the number one cornerback in the draft, the potential top 10 pick.
0: And Deontay Banks was wonderful too. Uh, the cornerback out of Maryland, 435, 40 yard dash, Tony. Uh, other Maryland players also had a good weekend. We could talk about that too. Uh, yeah. but look, people see him as a you know, press man type of corner. And boy, he showed the speed, and I thought he was really good in drills too. He, I mean, he I can't imagine him getting out of the top twenty five, nice. maybe at best, probably top twenty pick at this point. With the way he did in drills and tested over the weekend,
1: yeah, I, and, and somebody we've talked about, I've talked about, it, you know, in the lead up to the combine, someone who was not was under the scouting rate, wasn't even on the scouting radar last August. And what was happening was the Maryland coaches were telling scouts, "Hey, you keep an eye out for this guy," and he lived up to expectations again. With Banks, is it's the perfect match between the testing numbers as well as the play on the field because his position drills were good. You know, he's fast. He's probably. I was told a low four threes, he ran a four, three, five, that's fast enough at his, his size. And, and, you know, there are some areas of his game he needs to brush up, but he's definitely headed in the right direction. And that's what you want at the cornerback position. You want to get a guy sauce Gardner last year. You know, played better uh, as a junior than he did as a sophomore. And then he, the, the scale or the arrow was pointing up. That's what you getting with Deontay Banks.
0: Tony, he was what? Six foot 205. Do you have his measurements in front of you real quick? I will have it in a second. Um, I know he was over 200.
1: Um, bah, 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 bah. He was six foot. You're six foot even 197. 197. That is a really good size. 42 inch bird, 11.4 broad jump. One four nine ten yard split, which is very, very quick.
0: And then one guy who you know had a good, you know, compared to the other guys, a good but not great time, uh, Joey Porter Jr. I know a lot of people were concerned with his speed. That four four six is good enough, that's more than good enough. He's fine where he is. I'm surprised he didn't do more of the drills though. Uh, I'm not, you know, the fact that he ran, I, I
1: think, is a good thing. You know, some of these, you know, a lot of these top rated guys, as we've seen in the past years. You know, wait till pro day. So I, I think Joey Porter did enough, uh, did uh, did well for himself. A uh, couple of other defensive backs under the radar guys. I thought Travius Trude- Hodges Tomlinson of uh, TCU was terrific. Uh, what do you Smaller run? Smaller guy. Smaller guy. Four four one in the 40. 39 inches in the vertical jump. 11 feet even in, in the broad. I, I mean, after Christian Gonzalez during the position drills, I thought Hodges Tomlinson was the best. With his footwork, he was super quick moving in reverse, flipped his hips, seamless moving about the field, very natural, smaller guy. You're right. He goes about, barely goes five foot eight, which is going to push him into the day three. If he was three to four inches taller and 10 to 15 pounds heavier, he's a first-round pick. But because of the size, he's going to be pigeonholed as a nickel or dime back. I thought Cottrell Cattel- Clark of Louisville also looked ex- exceptional during position drills. Ran a 4-4-2, but here's the guy we talked about during Shrine Game because he really stood out uh, during the three days of Shrine Bowl practices and, and he keeps the momentum going. Got to talk about Brian Branch. Brian Branch was one of those guys. First of all, it was interesting that Brian Branch, the safety at Alabama, worked out with the cornerbacks. Didn't run that well, ran in the high four fives. I think it was a four five eight, four five nine, four five eight. Yep, but then they're in position drills. He was exceptional. No, I mean he, exceptional. his hips, the way he flips those hips, man. Whoo! not only the not only flipping hips, but the back pedal as well. Bim, 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 back and, and everything with him. You know, if he ran a four four eight, he's a top 15 pick. The four five eight is going to raise some red flags, but he's an outstanding defensive back. And as I've said, you know, he plays a safety position like a cornerback, and here he was at the combine working out with the cornerbacks. He just didn't run as fast as many of them.
0: Yeah, you wonder if he's going to be one of those kind of slot hybrid safety types when all is said and done. A uh, couple of names I'll throw out there, Tony. Cam Smith ran a 4 more than good enough for him. He'll be happy with that. Keely Ringo ran really fast, which, again, people expected that, so I don't think that's really going to necessarily help him because that was expected four-three-six. Uh, Darius rush, someone that can come on really well. He played great in mobile. He ran a four, three, six. And I I was surprised up close seeing him, Tony, how big he is. Like he's a pretty broad shouldered dude. Like to run four, three, six at that side, teams are going to fall in love with a corner that size that can do that. And then uh, one of your guys, DJ Turner out of Michigan, he didn't do any of the drills, but a 6 40. Explosive. I I mean, he's a little bit of a smaller guy, which is going to have to,
1: you know, you're going to have to figure out is he a starting cornerback, but, 5'11, 178 pounds. But yeah, and you know, again, watch the film because he is a terrific cornerback. Malcolm Forbes, uh, Forbes ran very well, but he comes in at six foot one, 166 pounds. He looks 166 and, pounds. He is rail thin. And that is, we've talked about that before. That's the problem with him is, is his tall, thin frame. What do you do with a guy like that? Where do you draft him? You know, can he be a starting cornerback? Is he a nickel? You know, he's going to struggle in battles. If he puts on 10 to 15 pounds, is he the same athlete? Is he going to be able to keep that speed? So I think there are a lot of questions. Granted, he's the fast guy now at 166 pounds. What is he going to be at 185 pounds?
0: Yeah, and I'll throw another guy out there too, another bigger guy, Tony. 6'3", Julius Brents. Mm -hmm. Ran a 4'5", 340, which is a good time for him. But more impressive, at that size and height, ran a 6633 three cone drill and a 405 short shuttle which for a corner of that height is ridiculously off the charts. If you're looking for he's like that classic Seattle Seahawks type cornerback, like if you're looking for that type of guy, he's going to be very very attractive to you.
1: At uh, Tariq Willem a year ago, yeah. right? A taller uh, guy who was really not the uh, refined in his defensive back uh, techniques because Brent needs work on his game. But, you know, you, you mentioned the three-cone time. You mentioned the, the short shuttle, 41-and-a-half-inch uh, vertical jump, eleven-six broad jump. So he's got the physical skills. He just needs work to transition that athleticism into football ability.
0: Yeah, tape's only consistent up and down, no question about it. A couple other safeties, Tony, I'll throw out there to you. Sydney uh, Brown is continuing to build a very nice uh, – postseason draft process. He was great at the senior bowl runs a four, four, seven. He's thick. He's rocked up. He he's, he's going to go high in this draft. And then I know one guy, some people were surprised at because, you know, frankly, he came off as being a little confident. I'll use that kind of word at the podium, a uh, Jair Brown out of Penn state. Uh, he did not run well, just a four, six, five. And you know, Penn state churns out athletes. Like you go back through the combine in the past, right? They, Penn State always tests well. The fact that he didn't, uh, that might raise some red flags for people.
1: I'm sure running much faster during Pro Day because uh, at the uh, Penn State Pro Day, they only run 35 yards. They don't run. <laughs> yards if you see those and times. it
0: goes downhill, too, right? I heard. Uh, yeah. And,
1: and he, you know, <laughs> he, you watch him on film. He doesn't have great range. We got to talk about, I, I like to talk about Jartavius Martin of uh illinois a guy who really like deontay banks wasn't on the ra- scouting radar this year had a terrific season four four six in the 40 44 inch vertical jump 11 foot 1 uh, 11 foot 1 in the broad jump 5'11, 194 pounds is he a cornerback is he a safety is he a nickelback He showed time and time again. I mean, he was one of the better defensive backs at Illinois, which is turning into, you know, defensive back you this year anyway. Uh, And he came out of nowhere. He made a lot of plays on the ball. So I think there's a lot of promise there with Jortavius Martin.
0: Yeah, and then Christopher Smith and uh, Jamie Robbins and two other, like, safety corner hybrids. Uh, one, I think Robinson ran a four five nine, and Smith ran like a four six two. Yeah. So, look, you can get away with that in the slot, but that that will give people, I think, some pause as to whether or not you can trust them in you know solo coverage against some of these really fast NFL receivers.
1: And the funny thing is, is you know Brandon Hill runs a four four three, and you know do you go with the athlete in Brandon Hill of Pittsburgh, or do you go with the football player in Chris Smith uh, of Georgia? Because Smith has shown himself time and time again, he is a
0: tremendous. Football player, just not a great athlete. And Devin Witherspoon, who obviously some people believe is the top corner in the draft, he did not test. He did not do anything. Uh, That'll happen at the pro day. Uh, Tony, anything else on defense you want to talk about? Because it's funny, you know, one just general thought I'll throw out there is that after the defensive players tested, I talked to some people and they just put a new turf in to that dome. And some people even said to me, they think it might speed people up by almost, you know, five to, to seven tenths of a second. Um, and after these defensive players, especially cornerbacks, ran, I'm like, Oh, yeah, maybe that's true. But then the wide receivers ran, and I'm like, Oh, no, no maybe not. The <laughs> <laughs> wide receivers are like, Where was that turf? Because it wasn't under our feet,
1: that's for sure. But I, I mean, when you look at defensive players, I, I, just the athleticism I mean, you had I'm counting one, two, three, four, five guys under four or five. Five guy, five defensive players ran when I defensive front seven players, def- defensive ends edge rushers, I should say, ran under four five. Think about that. I mean, that is that is tremendous. And, and Yaya Diaba was at 4'51. So, you know, when you have these athletes that are 245, 250, 255 pounds running those times, you know, one guy we didn't talk about, Robert Beale was uh, Robert Beal of, of Georgia, was outstanding, 247 pounds. 4-4-8 in the 40 with a 162 uh 10-yard split and a, th- a 10-3 uh, broad jump. Uh, I, I mean, you know, it. I. it's just the progression of things uh, as far as the a- athleticism is concerned.
0: Yeah, Tony, I accidentally skipped over my off-ball linebacker section here. We used to do that really quickly too, right? Trent Simpson ran the four fours, which again, I think people expected him to be there. wasn't a huge surprise. Uh, Diane Henley, I thought had a really nice day moving around, showed speed, undersized guy. And I want to highlight Jack Campbell out of Iowa, who, whose 40 time was good. Um, very, very good for the position, but then for a guy that size, he set records with his three cone and short shuttle times. And I thought he really solidified himself as a really safe early day two pick. If you right. want a guy that can play three down linebacker for you,
1: I, I mean, uh, of the of Drew Sanders, Trenton Simpson, and, and Jack Campbell, Campbell has always been number one on my board uh, of the three because of what he's what you see on film and you see that lateral movement, you see that change of direction, you see the ability to move in any direction quickly with Jack Campbell. One guy I want to mention as far as off ball linebackers or, or pure linebackers, Anthony Orgy of Vanderbilt, who a lot of scouts thought it was a was a four eight four seven five guy runs four five three vertical jump thirty eight uh, 10 foot two inch broad jump uh, three cone seven seconds flat. Really, you, when you talk about the combine, you mentioned it. You want to defy expectations. You want to beat expectations. Orgy did that, and I met him at the uh, Shrine Game. We interviewed him. And let me tell you something. I mean, he's one of those guys where he squeezes your hand hand when you you shake his hands and you're like, whoa, your your hand is throbbing for the next couple of minutes because he is a big, tough guy. And for him to put up those marks compared to what scouts expected, I think Orgy is going to be a day three pick, but he's really solidified himself potentially in the middle of day three where he was sort of maybe on the edge of being draftable before combine weekend.
0: I should ask you about Owen Papo, Tony. Um, yeah. We've not talked about him much on the show. I have not seen his tape, but he ran a 439 40-yard dash, smaller off-ball linebacker. Uh, give me a little And he plays like that, too. I, I mean,
1: what what he is, is six foot, 225 pounds. He's a run-and-chase linebacker, as I like to say, a pursuit guy. He's also got decent instincts. He gets from point A to point B very quickly, had 29 reps on the bench, although, you know, when you watch the film, he more, needs more of a free shot at the uh, ball handler, because he gets caught up in the trash, he's easily out position from plays. Not, I, you know, fourth. Or did I expect the four three nine? No, but I did expect a very fast time from Popo
0: because that's the way he plays. All right, let's get to the offense, the glitz, the glam, the shine, the QBs. Uh, Bryce Young did not participate, but he weighed in at five ten and a half and two hundred and four pounds. I'm sure he was. Um, Drinking a lot of water before that weigh-in. I'm sure he's not going to weigh in again in, for the rest of this draft process. But I think he kind of checked the box that he was looking to check there, getting over 200 pounds on the scale.
1: And, and I think what happens is with the with the weigh in scouts are going to look at the body type, and they're going to say, "Okay, 204, can he play it that way?" As you said, he won't be he probably won't weigh in at, at pro day. If he if he works out at pro day, what he may work out at uh, may have his own pro day out on the West Coast. But they look at it and say, you know, can we get him up to 210? Can we get him up to 212? Can we can can he continue to add more muscle mass, more density to that uh, frame? And if he does, how is that going to affect his play? So yeah, he was over the 200 uh, mark. Uh, he, you know, re- remember what they do is now the, the weigh-ins happen before the workout because of that whole scam, if you will. Drink a lot of water, get get your uh, body weight up. Uh, he got the body weight up. He didn't work out. We'll see what happens moving forward. But it's a matter of, does he have any growth potential? Is he going to be able to put any more beef on that frame?
0: All right, let's talk about the rest of the quarterbacks here, Tony. And I think they kind of reinforce what we already knew about him. If people are going to make a big deal about everything that happened, then I get it. But I think these guys are still who they are. And I'm going to use some NBA analogies here. Like Bryce Young's the score, right? He can do it a lot of different ways. He's kind of like Steph Curry. C.J. Stroud's the sniper. He's Clay Thompson, right? If this, He's open. He's precise. He's making the three. He's not super-duper creative. You know, Richardson is Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's just a freak show. He's going to overpower you. He's bigger than you. He's faster than you. He's more athletic than you. And then you have Will Levis, who's just a really big, like, Julius Randle type. He's going to overpower you. You know, it might look a little sloppy sometimes, but he's got all the tools. And look, Stroud throwing the football looked like the most accurate quarterback there. It was smooth. It was tight. He was pinpoint. Well, we saw that on tape. That shouldn't surprise people, right? Richardson ran a 4.43, a one-five-three split, 40 inch in the vertical, 129 in the broad. And he looked like a more athletic version than Cam Newton. He's a freak show, right? But uh, maybe we didn't know he was going to do exactly that. But we all knew he was an unbelievable athlete. So I don't know if that should really change thoughts. And then Levis had a great arm, and his jumping numbers were good, and he looked the part. So to me, these guys were all impressive. But they kind of, to our, my point earlier, met the expectations of what we thought they were going to do.
1: Listen, I put out a tweet uh, during the workout Saturday. I said, Levis Richardson and, and Stroud all had their moments, but nobody killed the combine workout. And I got a lot of pushback from that because people were saying this, it was the greatest uh, – C.J. Stroud's workout was the greatest quarterback workout they had ever seen at the combine. And, and I go back to watching Joey Harrington and watching Ryan Mallett where they hit hit everything. In the short field, in the intermediate field, and down the field. I spoke with somebody about C.J. Stroud, an Ohio State person, to see to ask what their thoughts were. They said, I thought he was very good. His short and intermediate stuff was good. He struggled down the field, which is unusual because he's one of the, the better vertical passers. As far as Anthony Richardson, you know, I'm going to go back to what I've been saying all along, boom or bust. Anthony Richardson made some very nice passes during his combine workout. He also made some catches where you're like, you know, WTF. If you know what I mean, you know, they were all over the place. Some of his throws, which tells me like, yeah, if you get Anthony Richardson to play to with the best of his ability to, to play up to his ability as a quarterback and you teach him to be a passer, you got a franchise quarterback, but that is a very tough thing to develop. Will Levis. I was least impressed with Will Levis. And I talked to an, I talked, uh, got information from an offensive coordinator that said, one, they thought Will Levis is too too big. He's too muscle-bound. He's very stiff. He wants to show off his, his strong arm, which he said he was going to do, which we all know he can throw the ball 80 yards down the field. But can he put touch? Can he put uh, – is he a rhythm passer? Can, can he basically hit guys on timing he passes? He struggled there. They question Will Levis's fundamentals, his footwork, his hand placement, things like that on the football. So of the three, you know, they like Richardson, they like C.J. Stroud, Will Levis was uh, down, down the line. The guy who had probably one of the most surprising and if not surprising, the most underrated uh, quarterback workout that a lot of people weren't talking about was Aiden O'Connell of yeah. Purdue because he was very accurate. And and when he missed, he wasn't missing behind players or he didn't have players slowing up in their routes to catch the ball. That's a timing issue. He wasn't able to drive the ball downfield like Anthony Richardson But he hit on two of his three deep outs. And the deep outs is the money throw at the combine workout. The one he missed, you know, the receiver was out of bounds. He still hit him in stride. So I thought Aiden O'Connell did very well placing the ball. One thing about C.J. Stroud, which which was interesting, where I was sitting at the workout, you could tell compared to Richardson and and Will Levis, uh, C.J. Stroud was delivering his ball before the receivers were out of their routes. Where Levison Richardson was waiting till the guys were out of the routes to deliver the ball. And what that does is that that leads to a lot of incomplete passes or errant throws. It also leads to the fact that on Sunday, the defensive back, the cornerback, shouldn't be able to get a jump on the ball because the receiver's already out of his routes and the, before the ball's on his way, as opposed to what C.J. Stroud was doing. He's throwing the ball where he expects the receiver to be.
0: Now remember, too, they're unfamiliar with these receivers, so it's tough to get that timing right. So I get that, but look, bottom line here, Tony, all four of these guys are going to be gone in the top fifteen picks. I can't imagine all four aren't, and that's just the way it's going to go. And we'll be talking about where and how and who over the next month and a half. All right, let's go to wide receivers here, Tone. Um, Addison ran a four-four-nine, the presumptive top pick, one-five-six split, uh, jump thirty-four and twelve-two, uh, one hundred twenty-two inches on the jump. Uh, let's start there. Do you think his forty time hurt him a little bit? I think people thought he'd go a little bit faster than that.
1: Yeah, I was told he's going to go a little bit faster. I, I, I'm gonna. I'm not going to be presumptive that Addison's going to be the first receiver off the board because uh, Smith. No, thinks, no, maybe not. He's Absolutely, been, he's always been my number one. Um, I think it, he did have the back tightness, uh, which basically he pulled out after I think he did one or two drill, one or two drills. I was told this morning that he's going to be fine, going to be ready to go for USC Pro Day. So. If he's, got, if he's got a little bit of a back issue, let's see what happens. You know, you want to see him hopefully run in the mid to low 4-4s. Four I'm sure that's going to happen at USC Pro Day. All
0: right, right, let's. I want to go to Jackson Smith and Jigba. He did not run the 40. No. My guess is he's going to do the Drake London strategy that me, you, and Crocker talked about last year and just never run the 40. It would not shock me. Maybe he'll do it Ohio State Pro Day. We'll see. Uh, but, boy, he looks smooth in his routes, Tony, in and out look like a technician, not surprising given, you know, what they do with that Ohio state program. But then he ran the agility drills Uh and he ran a three, nine, three short shuttle and a six, five, seven, three cone. The three, nine, three short shuttle is the fastest wide receiver or any short shuttle since a player has run since 2014. And I think it just shows you that this guy is going to be able to get open. I don't know about the pull away speed, but especially if you need a slot guy, this guy is going to be able to get open for you and create separation at the top of his routes.
1: I had those numbers sent to me via text, the uh, three cone and the short shuttle. And I tweeted it out and I put unofficial, unofficial. And I said, if these times hold up, these are elite times. And the reason I put that, I was like, wow, these times are really, really fast. I mean, these, yeah. these are really, really good times. I wanted to be out there with the times, but I wanted to kind of hedge my bets in. And, and yeah, I, I mean, that six, five, seven, uh, three cone, you know, Safeties wish that they could run that uh, that that time because it shows the ability to change direction quick, quickly, seamlessly, and not gather. You know, you talk about the DBs. A lot of times they need to gather before Pitter, they change patter, direction. Patter. You know, with with, with uh, Smithy Jigba. It's not doesn't have to. It's just an easy back and forth for him. And you saw that in his route running in 2021 when he was on the field. That's why he was the best receiver at Ohio State that had Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, and had Marvin Harrison come on late in the year. So I guess it's it's not uh, unexpected. We'll see if he runs. I, I mean, listen, if he runs a 4-4-5, four, four, and I thought he was going to run a 4-4-8, four, four, right? I, I mean, is it going to really matter that much? Because you know he can catch the ball. You know he can separate. Uh, I mean, he's sneaky fast in the sense that he finds the open the open seam and he gets down the field. Uh, you know, so he's not going to be as fast as Quentin Johnson or, or whoever. But you know what? He's going to catch a ton of balls between 10 to 15 yards and occasional deep throw.
0: You know, Jalen Highley did not break that, you know, 4-3 nope. barrier, which he thought he would, but 4-4-0 is fine. Had a couple of drops, though, um, over the course of the field workouts, as you know, some people didn't like. I thought Zay Flowers and Josh Downs, Tony, two guys I kind of have in the same category. I thought they were good. Uh, both show they can catch the ball, change direction, stuff like that. Um, and I thought Quinn Johnson had a pretty good day. He didn't run the 40, but I thought his field workouts were pretty good. He caught the ball in the gauntlet drill, and he, he jumped really well. 40-inch vertical, 134 broad.
1: Yeah, I, I, two guys who really stood out to me, two day three guys. I thought the Mario Douglas, 4-4-4 four, four, uh, four, four, four in the 40, 39-5 uh, in the vert, 11-2 in the broad jump. But his his position drills were outstanding. I mean, he is a smaller, quick guy who separates. I think he's going to be really a, a good value in day three as a potential slot receiver return specialist. I thought Jason Brownlee of uh, Southern Miss, had a great position workout. Didn't didn't test all that well it was like 459 but he caught everything. He ran really good routes. And I think our buddy Jaden Reed did really well. I mean, he was
0: uh with like one eye by the way, which yeah. was crazy. Four, I'm sorry? With one eye. He had that eye infection. You couldn't even see out of one of his eyes. It was crazy. 445 in the 40
1: uh the position drills were outstanding, just showed the ability to separate, ran great routes, very quick, smooth in and out of his brakes, quick in and out of his brakes, and caught everything in sight. And, and, you know, we talked about guys who test well, but the testing is better than the position drills. That was Bryce Ford Wheaton, as far as I was concerned. I mean, he tested through the roof. It's 221 pounds, 43840 with a 154 10 uh, yard split, 41 inch vertical jump. 10-9 broad, 6-9-7-3 cone. But when the position drill started, it was a different story. All of a sudden, he went from a guy who ran 4-3-8 in the 40 to looking like a guy who plays at a 4-5-5. Five, five. And he had his struggles running routes, and he had his struggles catching the ball at time. So you know the athleticism's there. The upside's there. It's just a matter of getting Bryce Ford Wheaton, who was a good receiver for West Virginia. I, I'm not knocking the guy for that. Was a good receiver at West Virginia. Getting him to practice and play at those uh, those test, testing times that he showed in Indianapolis.
0: Uh, two other guys I thought did a nice job, Tony. Then I want to ask you about two guys whether or not you think maybe teams will have a couple of questions about him after the day. I thought uh, the Princeton kid, Yeshivas four yeah. four three forty, he did real well. He tested well. Yep. Not surprising. He's a guy that he's he's a track guy. He does all the events, so he he did well. And um, I thought Charlie Jones was really good. You know, 5'11", 175, ran a 4'43". I was afraid he might be in the 4 fives, but he wasn't. Um, He jumped pretty well, 36 inches in the vert, 124 in the broad. Uh, I was wanting him to do the agility drills, but I think he'd be really good at it. He didn't. But I thought Charlie Jones, whose tape is excellent, he's got great hands, he looks smooth in the drills. This guy's going to be a day-three pick, Tony, and he's going to play NFL wide receiver for a long time. He's fast, he can catch it, and he can get open. Just
1: as long as he medically holds up, because I've heard he's got some hip issues, which would lend to why he didn't run the three cone of the shuttle, because it's such a quick change of direction. Got to tell you, because I was at the workout on Saturday and Charlie Jones being a Purdue uh, alum, just like, you O'Connell, know, was a fan favorite. I mean, he would step up, he'd do a drill and the crowd would go crazy. Uh, you know, the well-traveled Charlie Jones. Purdue was his third uh, college team after, what was it, Rhode Island and and then uh, Iowa. Yeah. And really just made a connection with Aiden O'Connell and was the go-to receiver that couldn't be stopped. Doesn't play to a 4-4-3 on the field, although I, I'm told he's a track guy. He's one of those guys that ran 4-4-3, but when you watch him on film, like you said, he looks like a more of a four-five-five guy. It's just a matter of getting him to translate that speed onto the field. I agree with you. If he holds up, uh, if he if he stays healthy and he shows some durability, he's going to be a real good day three fourth or, fourth receiver at the next level.
0: All right, two guys. If they hurt themselves, Tony, I thought Tang Dell was going to run better than a four four nine. Only one hundred and sixty five pounds. He killed Mobile. No one could cover him. I thought he was faster than that. To be quite honest with you, and then Michael Wilson. I know is a bigger guy, but he only ran a four five eight. Do you think that hurts him a little bit?
1: It's going to hurt Wilson. Tank Dell teams had Tank Dell a lot faster. I can tell you that from talking with them. The, you know, teams had Tank Dell faster than what the NFL uh, NFL has has his official timeout in the low four fours. But everyone I think would have put money down if they bet that Tank Dell was going to go under four four. Right. Uh, and, and as I said on Twitter, you know, forget about the forty time. It would know, Tank Dell may have run a four four nine. One position drill started. He looked like a four three guy. He's quick off the. Uh, he's quick off the. He releases off the, the uh, line quickly. He runs good routes. He has a burst in his game. He was catching everything. He was out running passes during the gauntlet drill. So yeah, again, there's got a, There's forty time, and then forty speed, and then there's football speed. Tank Dell, regardless of what the stopwatch said, really has great football speed.
0: All right, let's jump over to the tight ends. Tony, is all, any other wide receivers you want to hit?
1: Uh, no, I thought Jonathan Mingo actually did very well. The
0: receiver yeah, he ran faster than I thought. I, I I thought he would be a mid four fives guy, but I believe he was your four four six, four four six,
1: 39 and a half inch vertical jump, 10 nine broad, 22 on the bench at 220 pounds. Yeah. Very much AJ Brown type, you know, that sort of bigger but quick receiver, kept you know, caught the ball well, did well in position drills, and he was the you know, he was a. Guy who caught everything at Mississippi, although uh, it was uh, Malik Heath who was the number one wideout because teams were focusing on Mingo so much. So I think Mingle is one of those guys that's going to be a day two sleeper in that he's going to fall through the cracks, but he's going to be a real good player at the next level.
0: All right, let's go to tight ends, Tony. And this group did not disappoint. Uh, Dalton Kincaid did not work, uh, but he did uh, measure in six three and a half, 246 He's dealing with I think back injury, correct? So. He's someone that uh will hopefully work at his pro day, but we'll see um as he tries to work back from that injury. Uh where do you want to start here, Tony? I will let you lead us. Well, I think we start off with the
1: fact that as disappointing as the receivers were running the 40, overall, the, the tight end group was phenomenal. I, I mean so many guys ran so much faster than we expected. You, you know, you start Dornell Washington, 4'64 in the 40 at what 265 pounds, 264 pounds. Uh, also runs a 408 20 yard shuttle.
0: Yeah, that's the crazy one to me, Tony, because even watching him on the field, right. like he kind of lumbers. I, I, I was shocked when I saw his short shuttle time. Right. And he even lumbered during,
1: uh you know, during position drills. I yeah, mean, that's what I'm saying. You know, but Michael Mayer, 4'7", I've been saying for a long time, I didn't think Michael Mayer was going to break 4 8. He runs 4 7. You go to the top, Zach Kuntz who only played half the season last year because of an injury runs a four, five, five at six foot seven. Sam Laporta, who we both love gets under four, six. I think overall, it was a terrific group. I thought that Zach Koontz of uh, old dominion uh, really helped himself. Probably the most six, seven, six foot seven, 255 pounds, four, five, five in the 40, 40 inch vertical jump, 10, eight broad, And he caught the ball very well. And Koontz was highly rated coming into the season by NFL scouts. But I think he played only five games last year. And then he went down with a season-ending injury. So it's a situation where you have some film on him in 2021, a little bit of film on him in 2022. Coming from Old Dominion, which Zach Koontz are you getting? I think scouts will come and teams will say, yeah, this was the guy that we had so highly rated coming into the 2022 season.
0: Yeah. I just want to put an exclamation point on Laporta, Tony Six three two forty five was his measurement. You mentioned this 40 time, uh, four, five, nine, 35 inches, 123 inches on the vert and the broad. And then a six, nine, one three cone drill. Yeah. And he was so smooth and he just catches it. So, so easy. He changes direction. So easy. Uh, somebody's going to draft him in in the second round and he is going to be just as good as those guys that got picked in the first round. I'm telling you
1: very natural catching the ball. I mean, look like a receiver the way he extends his hands and looks the ball in. And you know, he's got a nice frame. He was a decent blocker at Iowa. Did a lot of things very well. uh, And I agree with you, you know, doesn't on on film. It doesn't look like that field stretcher, like that move tight end, but listen, we've seen Iowa churn out tight end after tight end. And I think Laporte is obviously the next tight end. And I agree with you. He'll probably be off the board within the first 10 to 12 picks of round two. Probably you can make the case for him for being a late first round choice. And I think he'll impact as a rookie and a guy that's going to produce both as a pass catcher and a blocker.
0: How about your guy, Tucker Craft?
1: Uh, probably a little bit slower than, uh, what I thought his other testing numbers are pretty good. Caught the ball very well. I mean, when I watched him out, he was adjusting to the ball, extending his hands, looking to pass in, Looked very natural catching the ball. I thought he would run a little bit faster.
0: All right. And last guy I'll throw out there and you know, this is the expectation game, right? That we talked about earlier. Everyone told me Luke Musgrave was going to like run out of the building and do all these crazy things. And his times are fine. Six six two fifty 250, in a four-six one. That's a really good time for a tight end. But the way people got in my head heading into this thing, Tony, I thought he was gonna run like a four-four-two.
1: Yeah, we were told he was gonna test off test off the charts, but still again, you know it's a good four, time. Six, one, four, yeah, I mean, four six one is a good time for a possession receiver. You're talking about a two hundred and fifty-three pound uh tight end that goes six foot six, catches the ball very well. I also think he plays a little bit faster than that uh on the field.
0: Yeah, Luke Schoonmaker ran a 463, which is also a pretty good time to a tight end. He had a nice little day out there as well. All right, let's go to running back, Tony. And uh we talked about him at the end of the uh preview last week. Uh Devin Ashain, uh 4'32, led the way. Just 5'8, 188 pounds, though. So you wonder how team's gonna use him. And then Jameer Gibbs ran a 4'36 which I don't think I thought he was going to run that quick, that fast, but boy, he was fast. We know he can catch the football too. Um, you wonder if he's going to figure out a way to sneak into the back end of that first round. You
1: know, a Shane, you know, he's short. He's not small. I, I mean, five, eight and a half, 188 pounds. You know, he's got a stocky build. So, so he's, I don't think he's short, but I just think he's a little bit small. Exceptionally uh, quick during the uh, during the position drills, the footwork drill that they did. You know what was interesting to me is if you watched it yesterday is with the running backs. The running backs actually did more pass catching drills than they did running drills. You know they used to have them run through the cones. There were more. They were doing more catching the ball than they were actually carrying the ball. But when he did, he he was he showed that speed during position drills. Easily changed direction, didn't have to gather himself, very fluid, very smooth. I I agree with you about Jameer Gibbs. I've said all along, I think he's, you know, if the Philadelphia Eagles don't take a running back with that first pick and Gibbs and Bijan Robinson is going with that second pick, that's the way they go. He is a complete three down back, uh, showed good footwork during position drills, also caught the ball exceptionally well, which he does on film. Uh, You know, I I, I like Bijan Robinson. I think Jameer Gibbs is absolutely has made the case for himself to be a first round prospect, even if he's not taken around one.
0: Yeah. Bijan Robinson was great. four four six but, forty, thirty seven 37 inch vert, 10, four broad. Just really nice job there. And uh, two other guys, Tony, I think helped themselves is I thought chase Brown's yep. four, four, three yep. will help him an awful lot. And I know it's not an unbelievable number, but two guys that I think people see as more kind of plotting between the tackle guys, Evan hole ran a four, four, seven, and then Zach Charbonnet ran a four, five, three. And, and I think that's going to, even though those numbers aren't like wowing you, I think based on what they look like on tape, I think those numbers are going to reassure town evaluators that, yeah, we can pick these guys and, and they're athletic enough.
1: Well, I, the thing with Brown is 40 inch vertical jump, ten seven broad jump. He was also outstanding in, in position drills, Showed good footwork in that bag drill, Showed the ability to change direction or alter the angle, the, the uh, angle of his run seamlessly caught the ball very well. I absolutely agree with you. I think Chase Brown, who on film comes across as a between the tackles, downhill ball carrier who carried the load at at, at Illinois. And you wonder if he was going to be able to do that on Sunday, showed a lot of speed, a lot of quickness, a lot of potential versatility in his game at, at 209 pounds.
0: Yeah, no question about it. Um, Kenny McIntosh, I think his his 40 time probably has to be a little bit disappointing for him, right? 4'62. And he
1: didn't really look all that great in position drills. He was gathering himself. He had to basically, like you said, pitter, patter, pitter, patter, gather himself to change direction. I was expecting a lot more from Kenny McIntosh, who was, you know, from scouts, was a really good athlete who had to develop into a running back.
0: Yeah, no question about it. All right. Any other running backs on to it, Tony? You want to go to offensive line here? Uh, I thought Rashawn Johnson looked
1: good, four five eight, but he was really good in, in drills, looked very quick, uh, changing direction. And Rashawn Johnson of Texas, who basically played second fiddle, to Bijan John Robinson, a bigger back, who is a solid pass catcher, terrific short yardage runner, and an outstanding blocker, which I think is going to be very appealing to teams.
0: All right, I'll start on the offensive line here. I'll start with the guy that was really impressive with his testing, and then you can go whatever direction you want, Tony. And we talked about him, I think, coming out of the senior bowl. Blake uh, Blake Freeland, pardon me, um, measured at 6'8", 322, 498 40-yard dash, 168 split, 37 vert, 120 inches on the broad. Boy, he's a big man. He's a really good athlete. I know he struggled on tape with some power and stuff like that with his height. But a team's going to say, look, look at these tools. We're going to be able to mold this guy into a good player. He's not getting out of day two with those metrics. He shouldn't, uh,
1: but we'll see what happens because there's a lot of good day two offensive linemen and like you said. A bigger guy, guy like that, why is he having so many problems with power? We saw at the senior bowl. He had a lot of real nice reps at the senior bowl. And then there were times where he was beaten flat. So scouts got to decide, got to come to a conclusion, or team's got to come to a conclusion. Why is he struggling with that? Obviously, the upside is there. You know, you can use him in a zone blocking system because he's so athletic out on the second level. And BYU has a history of producing, you know, decent offensive linemen. So I think that uh you know, you, you got to come to the conclusion is why isn't Freeland, you know, one of the top five offensive tackles right. w- wasn't considered in an offensive tackle class that's considered weak. So that's, you know, that, that question has to be answered. A couple of things. I thought that uh, the Tennessee tackle Darnell Wright tested much better than I ever expected. I mean, he looks like a big powerful plodding offensive lineman goes out there 501 uh, 40 with a 181 uh, 10 yard split, which was pretty decent. So you know that he could move. I thought Steve Avia didn't have great testing numbers, but boy, he moved incredibly well on the field laterally. His footwork, the ability to slide off the edge. I thought with the Avias, you know, we think of him as a power gap blocker, but what he showed me yesterday, I'm like, you know what? It's probably what wouldn't be out of question if you want to use him in a zone blocking system or on the second level on occasion. I thought a couple other guys uh, before we get into the big ones, Anthony Bradford of LSU looked really good in position drills. City Sow of uh, Eastern Michigan, a guy that I've watched for three years now, had a tendency or had a reputation of being overweight and being soft. He looked really good. Solid testing numbers. Uh, Let me pull it up here real quick. 507 in the uh, 40 with a uh, 1.8 10-yard slit, 32-inch, a vertical jump at 323 pounds. I thought he had a real good day.
0: Yeah, I thought Luke Whipler had a good day too, Tony, to be honest with you, one of your guys. And then give me your deal on Skaronsky. We've been talking about his arm length for a while. And, you know, people have made that Rashawn Slater comparison because they're both obviously Northwestern kids. Slater looks like a better athlete, 33-inch arms, and Skaronsky just came in at 32-and-a-quarter, which for an offensive tackle is really short.
1: Yeah, and I don't think uh, Skronsky the athlete of, of Slater. He didn't move as well. Remember, Slater didn't have a combine because that was the COVID year. So he had his pro day. Skronsky to me, and I texted you during the workout, you know, and I know you watched it. He just, you know, when I saw him on the field, he looked good, but he didn't jump out like a top 10 pick. I I, I mean, you know, we're getting some of the other guys, Roderick Jones, Paris Johnson. You could see them, the, their movement skills. You're like, when you look at their size, you're like, wow. Skronsky really didn't wow me moving around the field yesterday.
0: All right, Tony, final thoughts before we say goodbye on the 2023 NFL Combine in Les Books.
1: I think Broderick Jones uh, really helped himself. Uh, a guy who, you know, you you, ca- you came in here and you're thinking, well, maybe mid first round choice. I think now he's probably jumped into the top 12. Uh, I think, you know, like every combine, there were some really outstanding performances. And then there were some guys who really going to have to turn it up a couple of notches at pro day.
0: Remember, trust the tape, folks. The combine gives you a reason to like cross check stuff and double check what you watched already. But it's still the tape that trumps for all evaluations when you take a look at these guys. But remember, though the measurables teams have thresholds guys will get taken off boards if they don't hit certain things with height, weight, speed, things like that. So it's important. And it's just another piece of information in the process uh, that we now have going forward as we are under two months before the 2023 NFL draft. Tony, we'll continue the process next week, man. Thanks so much. Look forward to it. For Tony Pauline, I'm John Schmelk. This is draft season.